Welcome, everyone. Join the buzz. Plug in and listen. Turn up that volume and tune in for the inside scoop on the Listen Up, Listen In podcast with your host, Preezy. Live on Podbean. Download the app and join the conversation. Weekdays from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. and on Fridays and Saturdays, 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. Let's get it. Hey everyone, this is Preezy from the Listen Up, Listen In podcast. Go check me out. But you gotta check out the Nathaniel Noble Jr. podcast at www.mrnoblepodcast.com. That's www.mrnoblepodcast.com. What's the podcast about? Well, let me break it down for you. He talks about life because it happens to everyone with great guests and indie artists, Q&A sessions, along with positive vibes, talking to everyday people about life's journey and to connect hearts and souls of the common woman and man, whether it's education, motivation, determination, and letting out some frustration. you got to check out the Nathaniel Noble Jr. Podcast. Do you have a story to share? Well, sign up to be a guest. He's on all the podcast platforms. That's the Nathaniel Noble Jr. Podcast. Let's get it. Hi there, this is Jamila Adams, host of the Jamila Adams Experience, where it's a place and a space for women over 40 to be inspired, encouraged, and heard. You're welcome to join the experience every Friday. Listen up, listen in. 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 Thanks for tuning in. Let's have a conversation. Talking worldwide, it don't matter your location. What you going through in the topic may have relation. Let's get some motivation. Let's swap out education. Every Friday we heal, laugh, improve, and grow. Put some nutrients in your mind, give you food for the soul. I know you pumped and prepared for your weekend and low. Might as well join the discussion and tune into the show. Listen up, listen in. 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 Hey everybody, welcome to Listen Up Listening Podcast. I am your host, Preezy, and you know, I have a special guest today, but before I even get started, all praises to Jehovah God and Jesus Christ every day, amen. And like I said, I got a special guest today, and let me tell you a little bit about this gentleman before he come on and tell his story. Um, His nickname was Psych, and he had another nickname, First. He is from Syracuse, New York, but he grew up in Miami. As a kid, he traveled a lot with boxing, and he even received a full scholarship to Northern Michigan University, living in the Olympic Training Center. But he blew that, and that was his fork in the road. He says he made the wrong choice, and within nine months, he was actually in jail tricked by the system and once he went down that road it led him to a 40-year prison sentence in new jersey state prison where 
he wasn't supposed to be released until 2028. But he got a complete reversal for racial profiling and he was released May 3rd, 2002. He did a federal sentence after New Jersey and was released 2012. Since then, he's been a business owner a couple of times and he currently works for the city of Syracuse. His goal is to make a difference to our youth because he wants them to know that whatever choices they make, you better know as much as you can about it because we don't get breaks for what we don't know. He lost 15 years of his life because he didn't know. Wow. So without further ado, my special guest, Dwayne Bryant. Hey, Dwayne. Hey, what's good, Frizzy? How you doing? I'm doing all right. That's good. That's good. Before we get started, I always like to ask my guests, how's your day going today? I can't complain today. It's all right. You know, I'm here. I made it. I'm breathing. You know. That's nice. Good, good. So, I read your bio, and it is so deep. This is a deep story. But see, that's just your bio. I want to know the full story, and so does my audience. So, let my audience know who Dwayne Bryan is. Um, right now, I'm just trying to trying to get things together so that I can make a difference because I see what's going on. I've been a victim of it and I'm just trying to, you know, I'm trying to make it all worth it at the end of the day. Like make it, if I can help somebody, if I can help them not have to go down the roads that I went through, then that's what I want to do. It's, it's been a hard struggle when you come from living one way and then you try to change up. Trust me, it's a struggle and it's a struggle. Oh yeah, it is. So tell me, how did your struggles begin? What age? Tell us all about what happened. How did you get caught up in the system? Like, I mean, growing up, my pops, like I grew up, my, I mean, the streets, I ain't going to say the streets ro raised me, but the streets took care of me. My pops and my grandmas, they made sure of that. So I was like, I grew up in the, I grew up in the hood, but I wasn't in the hood and I was in boxing and I was gone. So once I didn't, I went to Miami and I was like by myself because my aunt was like, like a queen pin in Miami, my aunt and my uncle. So I really didn't have to do nothing. And I just, I chose that life. But then I, I started getting in trouble. They sent me back. I got, I was in school. I ended up going back to boxing and I ended up getting a scholarship. I went there, you know, with no guidance, I started drinking and not knowing nothing, then I fell back to the streets because I had always been around it all my life. So I chose that road and not really knowing what I was getting into. And I just started getting into a lot of stuff and shit. After school, after I came back from college, like I went to another college and then I ended up like nine months later, I ended up catching a case and I ended up, they scared me with a lot of time. They scared me with a lot of time, so I took it for something that I really didn't do. And when you only, say they, let me go back a little bit. You say you went to Miami, right? What age were you when you went to Miami? I was like 14 when I went to Miami. Oh wow, you was young. And yeah, you I was. Got, and you got caught up in some mess out there. 
I mean, I got shot out there. Like I got into a lot. Yeah, I didn't get in no real trouble, but I got I got shot out there, and I was I was getting in trouble when my aunt sent me back. So I came back. Once I got here, that was in me. I had been I had like I was at 14. I had a crib. I had my own crib. I had somebody was there to take care of, to clean the house, make sure it was food, and like I and I was only 14 years old. I was 14. I was getting $50 every day, but I kept getting in trouble. So they gave me a job. My job was just to run around, like, and letting that, and pretty much say what's going on. And I got $500 a week for that at 14, 15, 16. You know what I mean? And that wasn't enough. I just wanted, I wanted to be my own person. And one thing led to another. Then I got back up here and it was in me no more. And I was, you know I mean, I was 17, 18 years old. It really wasn't nothing that my pops could really say to me no more because that's what really saved me my whole life is I was never scared of the police. I was scared of my pops catching me when I was little. Wow. Yeah, my pop, I was little. My pops took me to the window one day was like, yo, you see them over there standing on the corner? I better not ever see you standing over there because if I bring you back here 10, 15 years from now, they're going to still be standing there. So if I catch you out there, you're going to have a problem. And I was scared of my pops, so I never stood on the corner. So when I really got in trouble, the police didn't know who I was because they had never seen me because I was never on the block. Wow. I, so know. who introduced you to this? Did, were you introduced to, because you was, what were you doing? You were selling drugs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So who introduced you to selling drugs? If, to be honest with you, it's been a part of my life all my life. How? That's right. When I say that the streets took care of me, like the streets okay. took care of me. Like, that's what my family did. Uh -huh. <laughs> so your family were drug dealers? Yes. Okay. I mean, my, aunt, my aunt and uncle both lost their life to the streets. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Because yeah. you said you said your aunt was a queen pen in Miami. Yeah. So she was killed. Yeah, sugar mama. Wow. So when that happened to them, that didn't scare you to stop? I mean, at that time, to be honest with you, at that time I had went to, I was in college. That's when I was on my scholarship. When she got, when she got killed, I had already, I had got sent to college and I was talking to her every day. She was happy for me and everything because that's not what she wanted for me. So when I was doing that, she was good. So everything happened while I was in school and they knew how close we were. So nobody ever really told me. I didn't find out for weeks later. How old was she? Uh, she was maybe she was in her thirties. Oh my early, goodness! Her early thirties. So your uncle that passed away was that her brother? No, that was her her boyfriend. Oh, so okay. So you called him uncle. Okay. Okay. Were they killed together or separate? Um, like days apart. Oh, that's terrible. So after all this happened, you were you were in college, and. You were doing good, I assume, because you was on a scholarship. I was, I got the scholarship for boxing. Then when I went to wow. school, it was like, I mean, it's, I went, I got there. It was supposed to be a, a scholarship for athletes because to not turn pro, to keep them as, keep our amateur team strong. So they were paying for us to go to school so that we wouldn't turn pro or other, other stuff like that to keep us in the sport. But when we got there, I was the first ones for the program. So when we got there, I didn't have a coach. I didn't have, we didn't really have a gym. And you got to think, we like, we 17, 18 years old, 
We don't got no coach. We don't got no guidance or nothing. We live in the Olympic Training Center. We stars on campus. Now we going out. I don't got nobody telling me I can't go out at night. I'm going out. I started drinking Long Island iced teas. We started fighting everybody, and you know, I ended up getting in trouble. Okay, and so so what happened? You got in trouble. You, you, when you say trouble, you mean arrested? No, I didn't get arrested. I got. I mean, it was something dumb. I got, I couldn't get in the building, so I pissed in the hallway. And so did they kick you out of school? Yeah, I got, I didn't get kicked out of school. I got kicked out of the Olympic training center. Wow. Okay, so after you got kicked out of that, what happened? I mean, I ran away to Chicago for a minute, and then my friend that I was with. Why Chicago? Because my friend that I got kicked out of school with, he lived in Chicago. So I tried, I was scared to come home. So I went and stayed. I tried to go to Chicago. <laughs> so, so you wasn't trying to face Papa Bear? What? I had, they was all, I had just got a full scholarship. They oh, was, everybody was happy. I wasn't ready to go home and, and like let them know that I had, I had blew it. Now you, you said you pissed in the hallway. How do you, how do you get kicked out for that? You must have was messing up in your grades. Nah, what happened was I was drunk and I could I was trying to get in. Right. And I was trying to get my roommate to come open the door for me. And he was taking forever to come open the door for me. So I pissed. And then my whole intention was to go and, and come back and clean it up. But I was so drunk, I went and sat down and I fell asleep. And by the time I woke up, we lived with the figure skaters. And, you know, they are mostly all rich, rich people and stuff like that. So they wasn't used to piss in the hallway so they made a big deal out of it and then like they couldn't say that i did it they knew it was me or my me or my peoples that I got kicked out of school with he or they was like we know that we don't know if you did it but we know you know who did it and because neither one of us would neither one of us would say anything they they told us that we they kicked they kicked us out of school because they said we were we weren't mature enough to be away from our families what do you think it was i mean it was one incident. Why would you kick somebody out of school for one little incident? I could see if they put you on like a little punishment or no, told your did. parents, but no, to kick you out? Yeah, the punishment was that I still had my scholarship. Like my school was paid for. I just did, couldn't stay on Olympic trip. I couldn't stay at it's the Olympic dorm. It was like yeah, a dorm. Yeah, I just couldn't stay there. I could if I could have found paid if I would have paid for like room and board on campus or something like that or an apartment. I could have did that, but. Yeah, I mean, when he left, when we both left, I just went to Chicago. And then from Chicago, I went to Detroit. And then I thought it was going to be sweet in Detroit <laughs> with my big bro. And he was punishing me, too. So I just came home and faced the music. And I tried to go back to school, but I ended up getting in trouble again, hustling, because it was, it was just in me. Right. Now, because my thing is, okay, they kicked you out the dorm. But it wasn't like you was kicked out of school. So I just, you, you just what? I just pretty much gave up. I could have I could have came back. I could have tried. I could have applied to come back the next semester. And that's what I'd be saying, like forks in the road, because I could have I could have came back to school. It was it was really for a semester. And they knew it. And as I was leaving was when they got a coach And me now looking back on it. I know that the problem was it was the first time like I'm I'm a star. I'm a star on a, camp, a college campus, but I don't have nobody to tell me nothing. I had no guidance. I was like, yeah, no guidance. right. 
18 years old. Like, wilding <laughs> out a little bit. Was I? Like, come on, man. Like, I didn't know. Then I came home and got into it because I was never around. Because I was never around, nobody ever knew that I was from Syracuse because my moms and my pops aren't. They just came here. So by me being gone all summers and then during the school year, I'm going with boxing. Nobody knew I was here. And then I ended up getting into something with some dudes. And one thing led to another. One thing led to people getting shot. And, you know what I mean? Then I got into it with this guy. And he just, he had a gun. We got into a fight and he had a gun. The gun fell. And I tried to, I didn't know the gun fell. So we used to be tussling. And security come and kick me and throw me out of the building. But I read in the paper the next day that he he's telling them that he got beat with a gun and da 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 this. So I call my probation officer and I tell my probation officer, like, yo, listen, he's talking about me, but that's not what happened. I never seen no gun. He was like, oh, he was like, oh, I haven't heard anything about it, blah, blah, blah. So later on that night, I was at the gym. I had told my coach and everything about it. So he was like, all right, you want me to go with you? And I'm like, well, no, I talked to him already. He was like, all right. So the D's come to my, come to me at the gym and said they wanted to talk to me. And once, and when I left to talk to him, my coach was like, yo, you want me to come with you? And I'm like, nah, you don't got to go. And as soon as we, I got outside the door, out of their eyesight, and they just start roughing me up. Like, oh, you like shooting people and blah, blah, blah. You like beating people with guns and da, da. And I really didn't know what they were talking about because I never seen the gun. He had, I find out later that he had the gun and it fell while we were fighting. Wow. And he was trying to pick it up. Security came. So he just made up a story right on the spot. And that was the story. And I only took it because at the time, like I said, I was still in boxing. It was the year for the Olympics. And I'm looking, they have a thing in New York called shot camp where you lace basically in like army boot camp for six months. So I'm thinking like, they offering me 10 years, even though I know I didn't do it. I'm like 10 years and now they offering me six months. And I'm like, well, if I go to six months and I go to boot camp, when I come home, I'm going to be in tip top shape for the Olympic trials and for the tournaments to lead to the Olympic trials. But then once I, once I took the time and I got to where they sent me, the people there was like, I don't know why they sent you. They know you can't come here with a gun charge. So they knew all along that I was never going to be able to go to shot camp. So I ended up being in jail for a year and a half. Wow. How and old were you? I missed the Olympic trials on like 19, 20. So you missed the Olympic trials, you said? Yeah, because I, I copped out because I thought I would be to be in better shape. So and what happened? They, you, you, did Your dad, were they... They weren't able to get a lawyer for you or? Nah, because it was like I was in my pops. Well, I, my pops used to work for the city, which is where I work for now. So now I'm seeing a lot of stuff clear. Like he knew a lot of stuff that was going on in the streets and I didn't think he knew. So when I was trying to tell him that it wasn't it was a lie that the dude was lying. He heard so he had heard so much stuff that he didn't really believe me. So he wasn't, he didn't really, and without him, I was on my own. Like he's the only man that's been in my life. So I, he, without him there that, that guide me, I was, I tried to do it on my own. And, and that's what I came up with. Like 
I'm going to just go ahead and go to shot camp. I go to shot camp in six months. I'm going to come home. I'm going to be in tip top shape and I can make the Olympics. I got there and they end up sending me, kicking me out because I wasn't, because I had a gun charge and I ended up having to do 18 months. Like I said, it just got deeper and deeper and deeper. But with the shock treat, with the shock thing, I heard of that before. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I heard of that. Um, who offered it to you? The state, the judge, and the okay. prosecutor. So they offered it to you, and they knew your charge. Right. Why would they offer it to you if the, you weren't going to be accepted? Like I said, with that I, charge. That's what I talk about when I say that we don't get no breaks for what we don't know. I didn't know I had nobody to tell me, nobody to, I didn't even know what questions to ask. So all I'm looking at is 10 years or. For your first offense and it wasn't even your gun? It wasn't my first offense. Remember, I told you it wasn't, it was my second offense. I was already on probation. That's why I went mm. straight to my probation. Mm-hmm. My second charge, I went to jail. My second charge, I went, I got a one to three. My, my third charge, I got, I got first charge, I got probation. My second charge, I got a one to three. And then I got the 40 year sentence. And then I got 140 months in the feds. So your first charge, you were a teenager. Mm-hmm. And you did what? What was that charge for? I didn't do any time. I did. I got probation. You got probation. But what was it for? For a gun. So you had a gun before? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was your first strike. Now, the second strike was the incident with the young man. Am I correct? Correct. And so a gun was involved, but it wasn't your gun. Right. And you had no proof to prove that. But see, now, because you got in trouble the first time with a gun, of course, they're going to think the second time it was your gun. Am I correct? Correct. And you were sent to shock. You were supposed to go to shock, but they gave you, what, 18 months? Yeah, I, they actually t- they actually sent me to shock, but they sent me to shock knowing that I wouldn't be able to stay. So how long did you stay in shock? About a week, a week or two. Before you was transferred upstate? Yep. Well, shock is upstate. Right, it is upstate. Right, yeah. But they transferred you to another jail. What was the jail? What was the jail you went to? The first jail I went to was Governor. Governor. Okay. Okay, so you did your 18 months, right? Uh-huh. How was that? I mean... Let's let the let's let the young people out there that might be that's gonna listen to this podcast, this interview, tell us about your experience in there, eighteen months. Cause you you here out here helping the youth, right? Yeah. And I'm sure you're gonna allow the people that you help and listen to this, right? Yeah. That's the All right. Thing. That's right, baby. That's the plan. So you let us know what took place in that eighteen months of that. Being on what? Governor? It's called Governor? Governor, yeah. Governor. Yeah. And where is that at? Where is that located? <laughs> Governor of New York, like probably like 10 miles away from Canada. Mmm. He was up, up, up in that state. Mmm. Cold weather. Was hmm. it? So tell yeah. us, 18 months, 
Yeah, I mean, when I was in governor, we had a riot. Something happened. They got into a fight on the walkway with the police or something. Yeah, we had a riot where everybody protested. We stayed in the cells. Like, I don't know. We didn't eat. That lasted for like three days. Then they shipped me from governor. They sent me to, oh, they sent me to Oneida. They sent me to Oneida. I heard of that. Stayed there for a couple months. They moved me to Mohawk. Mm-hmm. And I went from Mohawk. And then from Mohawk, I went to the halfway house. And how was it in jail? Did you have to fight a couple of times? Of course. Like, show, your, show who you were? I mean, of course. I was 125 pounds, of course. So you was working out? No, I wasn't working out. I mean... Nah, I mean, I was, but I wasn't like I wasn't lifting weights and none of that. I ain't had time for that. I was I was I was young. I was young running around like I didn't know. There's a lot of things that I could have did, but just running around like like I stayed in some I stayed in trouble. I ain't never get caught for nothing, but I stayed in something when I was locked up. But I've never been a troublemaker. though. Right. So when you say you stayed in trouble, what you was doing? Fighting. Fighting. For what? Were you in a gang in jail? That's one thing I don't do. I ain't going on gang time. I respect right, cool. So you had, to, you had to fight to let them know you wasn't no punk. Yeah. My first fight, my first fight in jail was because I laughed. At, I laughed with the police. I laughed with the police. I laughed with the police. and. So you a was, sellout. That's how they took it. I ain't right. know no. No, no, I know. I'm. I, hey, listen. You know, I know. <laughs> so you, because you laughed at the police, you was a sellout to them. To the dude, he like, yo, what is you laugh? What you laughing for? And I'm right. like, because it, it's funny. So right. Like, All right. Well, yeah. Well, come in the bathroom, and I'm like, come in the bathroom. <laughs> He kind of big, so I'm like, come in the bathroom, and I'm like, you know what? I got this. I'm going in. You know, he try to. Once he don't, once he don't, once he ain't grab me, I knew I was good. You know? Right. And right, cause you study boxing. Right. So I, I I did what I was supposed to do on that one, and you know I ain't. My pops always told me don't don't start trouble, but if it come your way, just put on a show, cause it's always somebody watching that might have tried you if they hadn't seen that. Right. So you was building up a rep. Once you fought him, you got your little rep. Yeah, around the jail, I was running around a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So after eighteen months fly past. You don't, I didn't to be honest with you, that time in jail I ain't really learned no lesson because I was young. I was running around. Like I was moving. I wasn't wasn't no less wasn't no lesson being taught to me because by the time I had went to jail, I had went to school already. I had a diploma. I didn't need a GED. I didn't need the stuff right. that needed needed. Right. So I was running around. So you ain't really have no fear. It ain't kick in yet. Fear ain't kick in until that judge hit, the, hit that gavel and said, 40, you are now sentenced to 40 years in prison. Now let's get to that. Now that's the third incident, right? Yeah. All right. So tell us, how did you, what was the third incident? I got caught on the highway with some work. Mm. Mm. So you was, at this point, you had got out. Um, you went to a halfway house, you said, right? How long you stayed there? 
No, I didn't go. I didn't go to. I went to the halfway house after I came from up north. Right. Okay. I halfway house for. I wasn't there that long. Okay. I lasted what? Came home ninety three, ninety four. I lasted like three years before I got caught on the highway for when I was locked up in New Jersey for the forty years. All right. So you was on Jersey. You was on a New Jersey Turnpike. <laughs> I wasn't on Jer- Jersey Turnpike. I was on eighty. Oh, eighty. We all the highway patrol police are. Yo, they so now listen. At that time, I don't know how it is now, but at that time, Jersey was so crooked that they had it set up to where if you go to a hotel with an out of state license or ID and you and you fit a certain profile, that they were to call the police. Wow. Yeah, they broke in my car and everything. So you out there in Jersey, you getting ready to. Do a drop in Jersey, right? Was it in Jersey or was it somewhere else? It was in Jersey. I was just cutting through New Jersey. It was just cutting through. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, what made you think? Th- what was the reason they stopped you? Why? They Were you speeding? They, they, no, they said a failure to maintain lane. <clears throat> failure to maintain lane and tailgating. But what the re- the way I got home is because. Some kids, if you remember, some kids got shot on the New Jersey Turnpike. Like what four. Year, what year was this? This was like ninety eight, ninety nine. Mm. Maybe. Some kids got. Yeah, it was like ninety eight. Some kids got shot on the highway by the state troopers, and they're just in. But come to find out, the four kids, none of them were street kids. They was all. They were going to try out for basketball at North Carolina. Wow. Yeah. And they said they were nervous, so when they put the car, the car, the car was still rolling. It was still in neutral. So when the car started rolling, the state troopers just started shooting. Mm, so when they tried to put everything on, to, when they tried to put everything on the state troopers, the state troopers was like, "Nah, we was only doing what we was taught." So then they go back, they do all types of stuff, and then they just find mad pages of paperwork showing how they was teaching them racial profile. Oh wow. Yeah, because when I got when I got pulled over, they strip searched me everything on the side of the highway. What? Yeah. When I was trying to tell when I was trying to tell the judge what happened to me, he was like, that just doesn't happen in the state. Stuff like that just doesn't happen in the state of New Jersey. He pretty much dismissed it. And then when that happened on the highway, when I was on my pill and I came back and it was like. He tried his his thing now was that only happens in the in the New Jersey on the New Jersey's turn, turnpike, and, but the new they had put a, assigned a special judge to it and the judge was like, if it's happening in the barracks if it's if they're learning this in the academy when they leave the the academy they don't just go to one place they go all over the state of New Jersey so if it's happening anywhere it's happening everywhere, and that, it was like it was, and at the time for the election. All they were doing was going for the pot. It was about a political thing. And everybody was talking about racial faux pot. But I was with some friends that was with me in New Jersey that I met, some older guys, and they kept me like in the law library. They kept me in the law library, having me write this person, write that person, save the letters. If they write back, I was saving all of it. So then I had wrote all of them and told them what happened. And they were like, they all wrote me back, basically saying that there was nothing that they could do for me. But then when election time, come on, these same people that I see, 
they all over TV talking about they're at the forefront of racial profiling and all that. So I'm telling my lawyer, like, I'm seeing these people on TV and I got letters of them writing me back telling me. She's like, do you still have those letters? And I'm like, yeah. So she like, you make a copy for yourself, send me those letters. So I sent her those letters. In the meantime, I had got into a fight with a CO. So I ended up getting when I got out of the hospital, they ended up putting me in the box for like three years. That was oh, wait, let's go by. So <laughs> you went to the hospital. Did I? They did the <laughs> so the CO so what wait, okay, so wait, wait, wait. I gotta go back a little bit because I, I won't talk about this. You going to the hospital because usually the COs be getting hurt. So you got hurt. He I mean, tore your butt up. We both went, but the only thing I, that really concerned me is that I went. <laughs> well, that's how it's supposed to be. It ain't supposed to be just the CEO going to the hospital. It's supposed to be you too. <laughs> well, oh, listen. That's your, but see now, ah. I forgot that's I forgot that's what you do. <laughs> that's what I used so let me, to do. So let me, so let, me let it be a fair exchange here. Yeah, wait, so let me explain what happened. Maybe All right, but wait, before you even go there, mm -hmm. I want to I want you to go back to the day that the troopers pulled you over. You said they pulled you over and they searched you and they found whatever, paraphernalia, mm -hmm. in the car. It was a lot. Am I correct? Correct. Because you was making a drop. So they arrested you, brought mm -hmm. you to the to the jail. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure you saw the judge. Did you have a legal, did you have attorney? Did you have anybody, you know, representing yeah, I you? To, I didn't go to court for a couple of days. So by the, but by the time I went to court, I had a lawyer and everything. Okay. What, what happened with your dad and everything? They notified him. He came to, was he there? No, my pops wasn't there. Okay. I didn't, I mean, I didn't call nobody. I didn't, you know what I mean? I right, didn't. Right, I feel you. Okay. So now you see the judge, they looking at your record. Well, actually, I hadn't seen a judge in New Jersey. They'll give you a bail without okay. you seeing a judge. Right. Okay. So when I got there, I was in Passaic County, and they was like, when I talked to a couple of dudes, they was telling me like, you know, they gave me a low bail. My bail was only fifteen thousand, and okay. shorty bail was shorty bail was like five thousand or ten thousand. I'm not sure. And they was like, yo, listen, when you go to court, they gonna raise your bail. And I started seeing dudes with a little bit of stuff and they bails was way higher than mine. So we ended up bailing out. I went to court from the streets. Like I fought everything from the streets. Who bailed you out? But you don't have to tell me, but somebody bailed you out from the outside. Uh -huh. Okay. You don't have to, you know, say anything. So you got bailed out. Mm -hmm. What was the next thing that happened? I, mean, I bailed out and I mean, I was, I fought it from the streets and you know I mean, they just, it was, I don't know. That was like, that time right there was like a blur because it was like, you know, my life is on the line. I ain't know what was going to happen. I ain't never been in that type of trouble before. And they was like, they was, they was trying to, they was trying to get me to work. And I'm like, man, I ain't, I don't know nothing. Cause the only thing I got caught with on me was weed. So that I stuck to that. Like, I don't know nothing about nothing but the weed. Like, right. you know, I can't take you to where I'm taking nothing or dropping nothing. They, was, they even told me, like, we'll let you go right now. And 
because they couldn't they called the police in new york and then they called the police in syracuse and then none of them knew anything about me so he was like we could tell by your address that you're probably just a mule we'll let you go we'll let you go now and follow you and everybody that pick up the drugs we'll arrest them and they'll never know you told and i'm like man i don't what you want me to tell you where i got some weed from and evening i mean they left me alone and then after that i just fought the case and i mean i went to court and and the crazy thing is when we was picking the jury when we got pulled over and i told you i got strip searched on the highway a lady stopped a lady and a man in a white van stopped on the highway like because they seen them strip searching me on the highway how can you strip search somebody on the highway you mean bucket naked yeah, not they ain't make me take my clothes off, but they made me pull my pants down and bend over and all. You know the routine. What? Yeah, I mean, cause I was when that I not out, a look. Was that included in your in your case? Did you include yeah, that? When I remember, I told you the 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 judge said that that just doesn't happen in New Jersey. He, well, they, where they, was he, the cameras? It was they, this was before all that. You got to remember this was ninety six. Uh. This was 96. 1996. Come on, there's got to be some type of, even back then, should have been some type of camera. It may not have been everywhere. Wow. Yeah, so I was doing that, and I went there. That was, Jersey was crazy, though. Jersey from start to finish was crazy. Like, that's a part of my life that I probably, like, I'll, I'll never be able to forget that part of my life. Cause like some of my some of my closest friends I made are in there and still there. Cause I was in a jail where 85% of them, every 85% of the population had life. Wow. You know what I mean? So this was like the last resort. So when you get a bond with somebody, you really get a bond with somebody. You feel me? Like right. me, me and my bond with him, that's probably pretty much what saved my life. Because we had a bond that if anything happened to me, here go a number for you to call. And if anything happened to you, I have a number to call for you. Are you talking about your friend and the the person that you got cool with in jail? Yeah, my friend in jail, yeah. Victor McCargo, because I think they get to listen to podcasts and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, let them know. Listen up, listen in. I don't discriminate. (laughs) (laughs) So, you got strip search. You got bailed out. You fighting the case from the street. What happened? Man, I, I did good. I was out of trouble now, but just that case, they called me and he told me like when I was going to court and everything, and he was telling me, my judge called me. I mean, my lawyer called me and he was like, yo, it's over. You don't have to come because I was supposed to go to trial. And I'm like, oh, all right. So I thought we had to go trial. He's like, no, nah, I don't worry about it. Ah, ah, ah. And like, on Sunday, Sunday night, he called me and said, oh, you got to be ready for trial tomorrow. And I'm like, but I thought you said it was over. Like, they wasn't doing it no more. <clears throat> and he kept like, I don't know. And I, then he called me Monday. So then when I got to court, the, the girl wasn't there so she could testify about them strip searching me or none of that. So I went to trial basically by myself. My lawyer pretty, my, my lawyer pretty much was a part of it, too. He pretty much got paid for nothing. That's why I said it's all about what you don't know, because a lot of people think that, okay, I can pay this lawyer some money 
and I'm good. I don't got to do nothing. The lawyer, that's not true. Cause the lawyer sooner or later, the less, the less you know, the less work he really got to do to make you think he did something. Wow. I mean, wow, he's supposed to be representing you. Yeah, he's supposed to. But a lot of people don't know that at the same time, he's really just a mouthpiece for you. Unless he's a paid lawyer. He wasn't a paid lawyer, right? Was yeah. he a paid lawyer? He was a paid lawyer? He was a paid lawyer, yes. Yes. My paid lawyer told me that I wasn't going to trial. The case was over. Three days later, he called me back the day before trial and told me to be ready for trial. Wow. I remember a, a, a friend of mine told me, listen, lawyers, judges, they all go play golf together. They all know each other. <laughs> they all know each other and go on vacation together. I thought that was crazy. I was like, what? He said, believe it or not, they do. They all they affiliated. Yeah, they, gonna know, they know what's going to happen in court before you even get to court. <laughs> Wow. Even here, they know what the outcome is going to be. So they were taking this to trial. Yeah, they did take it to trial. I didn't cop out. <laughs> I didn't cop out. I went to trial. Like, wow. Because I wasn't, I wasn't driving. I didn't have license, and it wasn't my car. But I was the only one going to trial. You was conspiracy to it. And because you had previous run-ins with the law. Right. It made it easier for them. Guilty by association, huh? Even though we know you was doing a (laughs) drop-off. You know how many people are in jail for being there at the wrong wrong place at the wrong time? Or just knowing what's going on, but just being there? So you took it to trial, you lost, I assume, right? Uh-huh. And what did the judge say? I mean, he he didn't say nothing. Then pretty that day they was guilty from that point on they locked me up. Then like I said, that's when I met some guys in there. Like one thing about New Jersey is Jersey is like a real militant state when it comes to black people. Like they militant and they way of thinking is a little different. Like when I got in there, when they seen, once I got sentenced and <clears throat> cause nobody thought I was going to get sentenced that much time. So once I got sentenced, nobody could believe they gave me that much time. So all the dudes that was fighting their cases and stuff, they knew that I got that much time. So they started telling me what to do. You need to do this, do that. And I, like I said, I started writing all these people and writing down exactly what happened. So I would never forget. I just kept writing it down and sending it to everybody, civil liberties, uni, unity, and all of that. And then I went, I ended up getting sent to, uh, I went to, <laughs> when I went to, um, they got a place in New Jersey, it's called Craft. It's like where everybody go before they get sent to the jail that they going to. So we, they sit you in these big bullpens and everybody's sitting in there talking and then they call your name, you go in the room. And when you come out the room, when you go in the room, they pretty much telling you what jail you going to go to. So, boom, he come out. I don't really talk. I don't really talk to a lot of people. I do to myself. So when they come out, they tell you where you going. So they call my name. I go and then I come out. And they was like, yo, New York, where you going? I was like, man, I'm going to uh New Jersey State Prison. It got mad quiet. 
they was like, yo, I thought you said you had a drug charge. I was like, man, I do. He was like, yeah. And so why did why did they get quiet? Like, because Jersey is New the prison, the jail I was getting sent to is like the worst prison that you can go to in New Jersey. What? Yeah, I told you, eighty-five percent of the population got life. Mm-hmm. I got sent there because I had over twenty years. Oh my gosh! So the guys didn't know that you got such heavy time, like you got sentenced to that big time. Right, they didn't. But so I, once they, they heard the jail, they knew, like, damn. Yeah, they knew something was up once they told them what jail I was going to. Because they automatically, without me talking to them, they just figured that I had a drug charge. When I came out of that room and told them what jail I was going to, they was like, what? So you must have had a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. Look, <laughs> ain't no little bit. Ain't no little bit now. You ain't got to say it, but I'm, I'm sure ain't no little bit. I mean, I got, I got a lot of time because... All I knew anything about was the weed that was in my pocket. Wow. Okay. I feel you. And <laughs> and this <laughs> no, I get it. And this was your third offense. You a third offender. Well Was you? Yeah, but remember I was only on probation, so oh, I, right. okay. I had only officially been in trouble because like I told you, I was scared of my pop, so I ain't getting right. no I ain't really getting no trouble at home. I right. got in trouble maybe in school and stuff like that, but other than that, nah. So now, you're on your way to New Jersey, one of the, probably the toughest jails, with lifers. Yeah. What did your family think? What did they say? I mean, like I told you, I don't really, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm like a loner, kind of. So I didn't really know the extent of things that was going on. Well, actually, my mom's came when I got sentenced, though. My mom's came when I got sentenced and, and she jumped up like when she, when he sentenced me, my mom's jumped up like, yo, you sentencing my baby like he killed somebody. And that's when it, yeah, the judge was like, do you know how many hundreds of thousands of dollars your son would have made and how many lives it would have affected? And you know what I mean, wow. Man. So you. You going upstate. Well, you going to Jersey. Mm-hmm. Riding that bus. Remember that movie, Dead Presidents? Yeah. Remember he was, at the end of the movie, he was on that bus? Yeah. And he was just, he was just flashbacking like, damn, I can't believe. Military. He was in the, at the war, in the war, fighting for our country. And now he going to prison. And so now you don't went from college, almost went to Olympics, and now you on that bus going to Jersey. Mm-hmm. You ain't going to no fair. <laughs> you ain't going to the beach. You going to jail. How was that? I went to prison. <laughs> well, you know, prison. It's a difference. Is it? Tell me why. In jail, I ain't like I told you when I went to, when I was in jail up north, that was jail. When I went to prison, that was different. Like I don't know if it was different because 
I was in a whole nother state where I know nobody. Right. Or, or the time, but it just was, I mean, mm-hmm. Right. So how old are you going to, how old were you at this time now? I went in 98, so I was 28. 28? Mm, 26, 28. Because we're about the same age. Uh huh, 28. 28, yeah. All right, so you there now. Mm-hmm. You got your stuff. They, you going to your cell. Well, what you when do? I got, when I got there, they ain't had no, um, they didn't have no, no space for us, so they put us in the box. So I was mm. like, so when they put us in there, I'm like, once I got there, it didn't really set in on to me, set into me until I got there. A couple dudes told me like, yo, when you get there, just take your shahada. You don't know nobody. Uh-uh-uh. And I'm like, man, I don't been, I don't been everywhere. So I'm good. I know how to handle myself. But they just tell, they just keep telling me this. So I'm like, so when I get there, they don't have a room. They put me in a box. So it get late and I'm like, I, I can't, there's no bathroom. So I'm, I hit the, I knock on the wall so the guy next door hear me. And I'm like, yo, when I go to the bathroom, where the button at? So I could, they'll open my door to let me go to the bathroom. He was like, ain't no button. You don't see that square in the back of your, in the, in the back of your room, in the hole down there. And I'm like, nah. He was like, well, that means it's covered up. So he told me what to do. I went over there and lifted it up. And I was like, oh my God, it smelled like death down there. And he was like, yo. You got to go to the bathroom. You got to go in that hole and just turn the knob. This is all in my cell. No toilet, no none of that. I'm like, I'm literally going to the bathroom in a hole in the wall. So even if you had to make number two, you had to put your butt to that hole? You had to sit on that hole, yes. Oh, my goodness. Sit on that hole. Wow. So you you had to make sure you was aimed correctly. Like, you had to make sure... I mean, the, your butthole lined up to the, the I ain't trying thing. to be funny or nothing, but I'm just saying you have to make sure you lined it up, right? You gotta be right, but you know, it's got a little thing on the side where you can flush it real hard and what? it'll turn it and go down. It'll push it down. But the whole thing so was. Sure shank redemption. Yeah, that's Damn. what, and to be honest, that's when I watch that movie, that's what I think about. Cause that's really like how it was. Cause the tension and everything was different. My first, when I was there, when they put me in a box, I tried to save some food. I wrapped it up in, the, in, a, in toilet paper and they had they give you a net bag. So I put it in my net bag, wrapped it up. So I'm sleeping. I hear a noise. I open it up. I open my eyes. I look and I don't see nothing. So now I'm like, I'm up. Let me eat. I save me some bread and some cheese. I open, I go in the bag. The mice don't been in my bag. So now, now I'm mad. So I'm looking out my gate. I look out the gate and they got a thing like to push the air around. It's not AC, but it's ventilated, push the ventilation around, but it's a big machine and it's in front of my cell on the other side of the catwalk. I lie to you not, I probably saw about at least 200 mice running in and out of there all Mm. night. Mm -mm -mm. All night. Then when I stayed after that, I stayed down there maybe like, two days and then i just that's when i was like i had i felt that's when i knew that it was a little different but i didn't know it then because i got i had a thing where i got woke up in the middle of the night (laughs) and and just told me don't worry about it just give 
just give justice time to justify itself. And for some reason, that just always stuck in my mind. You ever prayed? You ever cried? All the time. Like, I have a, I got my own, I have a special, like, bond because, like I said, I grew up with the five percent of, like, my pops. He wasn't a five percent and he wasn't a Muslim, but he grew up under that. And he had been in jail. And then me going from boxing to jail, and I was already accustomed to a lot of things that came well along with it. And, yeah, you know I mean, it made me feel good about myself. Like, not that I needed it, but to know about you learn about blackness. And it makes you question a lot of things. You feel me? So you was a five percent of when? When you got into jail or when you was in the no, street? I, was, I had already I had already got knowledge itself when I was up north the first time. So what was your name? First. First. Mm-hmm. So why didn't you stick with that? I mean, I did, but I, I did, but I didn't. Like, I stuck to the values. <laughs> I stuck to the values and the value. You know what I mean? Like, you want to make this fast money. Yeah, I did. I mean, and, it, and at the time, I really didn't at that time I really didn't have to because the fast money was really the slow money. Cause if I'd have just went back and stuck the boxing the way I should have, mm. that would have came. And there's a lot of other things that I know that right. if I would have chose that instead of this, it would have took it might have took a little longer, but the go what the finish line is a way a lot better. You could have been out here like Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I met Floyd before he came up there. He really? came up with Standard Olympic Training Center. Yeah. Wow. So, <clears throat> you was when did you start fighting your case? When did you start realizing, hey, I don't belong here. There was a mistake. From the time, um, from, the time from the time they sentenced me, I told you them dudes was on me like. You need to be doing this. You need to be doing that. And then a couple of guys from the county ended up in the same jail I was in. So they really was on me. And then once I started going to the law library and they knew that I had a drug charge and I had all that time. And like I said, I stayed to myself. I'd be out the way. So they was on me. So like I said, everywhere I went, somebody else was giving me somebody else to write or what motion to do. Do this, do that. And at the end of the day, it ended up working. Not working. So the judge sentenced you to forty years. Mm-hmm. And you, if you were there at this time, you would be getting out another four years, twenty twenty eight. Yeah. Okay, so how are you on my podcast now? What did you do? Racial profiling. All of them people that they was making me right. Like I told you, I was talking to my lawyer one day and she was like, and I told her, like, I'm seeing all these people on TV, but I got letters from them telling me that there's nothing they can do about me. And my case is racial profiling because there came a time where the cops that they were trying to blame for it, they was like, yo, listen, we was doing what we told. They ended up finding some paperwork. That's how I know how when they pulled me over and they strip searched me on the highway, they had already broken my car. They already knew what was in there. When I, was, I had stopped at the mall, when I went in the mall and came out of the mall, the drugs were sitting on the front seat. So now, now I know that they did that. Right. You know what I mean? So I know that they did. I know that now from all the paperwork and the, the tickets that they gave me and all of that. 
that's how I ended up coming home. And I got a complete, I got dismissed with prejudice, meaning they could never use it against me. So it's like it never happened. Did you ever sue? I did, but I tried to like with my my cousin. She's on she's on her pro black thing, so I tried to go black, and I did. And the lady didn't really. I don't even remember her name. She really didn't do anything, and then the time limit ran out, and then she wanted me to pay her and a lot of things. So I end up no. <laughs> so do you try to reach out to other? People that are locked up that might have the same similar story that you have and are in prison for um, racial profile. Do you look into that? No, because at the time, they, what happened was they made them pull all the cases back from 1988 up until 2002. They made them pull back all the cases dealing with minorities, all the cases dealing with the highway. And out of all of those cases, I think like maybe like like five five thousand maybe actually got they got sentences reducted or whatever and i'm out of the 200 I'm, i think it's like 250 or 500 of us got complete reversals with prejudice because i have been telling them all along like they strip searched me on the highway wow they kept, they kept trying to tell me that it didn't happen and they just came to my cell one day it was like brian pack it up get, no brian get dressed and I'm like, get dressed. And he's like, for what? He said, I don't know. I guess you made parole or something. I'm like, man, I don't go see the board in fucking the air. I don't go see no board. Right. Because I, I knew, like, they have a thing in New Jersey that you can't, the officers can't come in your cell unless they have a camera. You got to remember, I was in the box because I fought the police. So I know as long as I'm in my cell, I'm safe. They coming to tell me something about I made parole or something. And, I, and I'm like, yeah, all right. <laughs> you tripping. Y'all just trying to get me out the cell. Like, <laughs> Round two, fighting. <laughs> right. So tell me what happened with you and that officer. I, I want to hear this. He was a new officer. And it was like, there was an officer and his name was, I mean, I can say his name. Well, he, I, I tell you what, just to say, you know his first name? Name. All right. I mean, just, just, yeah. I mean, right. I mean, he was, he was, a, he was one of. Let's just say he was one of them officers that didn't get that nobody liked. Okay. But for nah, some yeah, reason, don't don't say his name. Don't say his name. We don't wanna. But for some reason, he liked me, and we had our little run-ins or whatever. But he still liked me, but because he knew, like. I come from New York. We don't play with police, period. Like, we don't, like, we not laugh. I told you what my first fight was about. <laughs> right. So, and he re and he respected that. And in New Jersey, we had that, back then we had that, we could have TVs in our cell. So, Warfield used to, oh, dang, he used to come by my own. <laughs> you know you did that on purpose. Go ahead. He used to come by my, he used to come by my cell and try to watch my TV, and I used to like pull my curtain, like my mom's ain't buy this for you, she bought it for me. Like, Damn, why you was being so mean? Just because I don't want people to see police. I hate feel me. you. I, I feel you. Okay. I mean, I got forty years in here. I can't have the wrong types of beef. I feel you. So, but and he respected it. But then there was a, a new trainee that came in and. And he used to play with me, but he knew 
how to play. Like he used to do little stuff, but he knew not to play with me. How to play? We he knew how to deal. We knew how to deal with each other. And the right. new guy seen that he was the only one that used to bother me, and I never used to say nothing. So once he was gone, he started trying to do what this officer was doing, and me and uh. him kept clashing heads. And I'm like, yo, listen, I don't do that. Like, you know what I mean, he thought that whatever he saw him doing, he could do. Right. So I'm like, nah, and we kept having clashes. And like I told you, when I was in a box, all I, I like to read. So all I had was the manual to read. I memorized the manual. And when we got into it, he was talking to me crazy. And I'm like, yeah, you can't be talking to me like that. Because right here in your manual, it tells you that you supposed to speak, speak to me the way that you want to be me to speak to you. And he was like, oh, you think you're a smart ass. I said, no, nah, I just know how to read. And he was getting mad that he couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> he was getting mad that I wasn't like I don't know I guess that I didn't accept him he was or going toe to toe he was going toe to toe yeah I don't know what he thought so then one day like they gotta unlock ourselves for us to go to child he asked me if I wanted to go to child so I say yeah so when they unlock the gates my door don't open so my man came and he like yo um you ain't going to eat and I'm like yeah you know I'm going to eat his chicken today <laughs> Was it a Friday? <laughs> Chicken day. I know. Oh, it was Sunday. Okay, because usually sometimes be on Friday. But yeah, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. Fish on Friday. Fish on Friday? Chicken on Sunday. Chicken on Sunday. Damn. So when they, they didn't let me out, so he went downstairs to talk to the lieutenant. I mean, to talk to the officer, tell him that I was going to eat. And he was like, he's Brian said he didn't want to eat. So the lieutenant asked him, like, if he didn't want to eat, why would he be sending somebody down here to open the door? Just go let the guy eat. So he came and let me eat. When he let, came and opened the door to let me out, I noticed that he was putting on his glasses and he was staring at me. So when I left, something just told me. So I'm telling the, I'm telling all the officers, like, I'm trying to talk to the sergeant or whoever, like, yo, listen, I don't want no problems. He put on his gloves because we have been having words. So I'm like, yo, I don't want no problems. And nobody would listen to me. So when I left, I came back. I got my food and got some ice and came back. When I was going up the steps, he was already up there because I was on the third tier. He was already up there. And I walked past and he's staring at me. I'm staring at him and he like, you got a problem? I'm like, nah, you got a problem? You staring at me? And I just kept it going. Then I just hear a noise and I hear somebody be like, yo, first. And I turned around to look and I just seen him coming. He grabbed me and he just put me in a headlock. And once he grabbed me, I just lost it. You know what I mean? Headlock? No, 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 no. He just, he just tried to grab me and choke me. He left my arms free and that was like pretty much the worst thing. He them, did. them arms were swinging like a fan, huh? like two times that was enough i think i i broke his nose his jaw they said what you got charged again right i mean actually no because i told you i had so much time so i think i really believe they thought they was i wasn't gonna never make it home oh wow i mean that experience that was assault on staff yeah 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 you were supposed to get recharged I mean, actually, I did. That's how I ended up catching my Fed case. Damn. Because what they did was they didn't expect, like, me getting my me getting into it with the officer and 
me getting my reversal all happened within like a five, six month span. So they didn't really have time. They didn't, they was more back. They were more on revenge than giving me charges. Cause what happened was I, when I got my reversal, they didn't let me go when they were supposed to. They tried to say they lost paperwork and all of that before they even let me go. Wow. Yeah. So, so you and a, you and an officer, you was in room 32. He was in room 36 at the hospital. He was there, but I know the lady came and told me she was like, "Yo, listen, man, I don't know what you did, but what they in there talking about doing to you, nobody deserves." Oh wow! If I ever see this lady again, I swear I'm a hugger. She probably gonna be mad at me. I'm a hugger and squeeze her to death because she she risked her like she risked her job and everything for me. So you think the officers was going? They was revenge. That's all when I was there, like when they put me in a box, they put me, they never gave me no clothes. All I had on was my underwear, no t-shirt, no nothing. They put me in the last cell. They opened the door. This like December 30th, this like December 30th, somewhere around New Year's. They left the window open. I'm in back there with no, I had to, I was sleeping. I had to rip the mattress open and sleep inside the mattress. Oh, wow. That's how I learned how to fish. That's how I learned how to fish on the catwalk because the niggas used to, I mean, these people used to um, spit in my food. What? Yeah, they used to spit in my food and all types of stuff. The yeah. other the other inmates? No, they, the police, the officers. Like, I, what happened with me almost really started a race war in New Jersey because the black officers came to my cell because they know that I didn't, I didn't, I stayed to myself. So they knew if it was something, it was really something. And they came to me and was like, yo, listen, I don't care how many days you in here without going to take no shower or nothing. I don't want you to come out this cell unless one of us come and get you. I don't care what they call you, try to get you out this cell for. I don't care if your toilet backed up, whatever. You don't tell if you, that's what it take for you. To, you don't got to tell nobody because if you come out this cell, I don't care how many cuffs they put you in. They're going to say you did something and they're going to do something to you. So, don't so, so the black officers were helping you because they were afraid that the white officers were going to do something to you. Uh -huh. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so how did the officers get access to your food? Wasn't the inmates serving you? Wasn't the inmates working in the kitchen? They wouldn't let them serve me. They would, like, ser they would get your food. Like They would let them serve everybody else, but they would serve me my food. So by the time I got my food, I would have pubic hair in my food. And spit. this was after the incident with you and the officer? Yeah, after the incident with me and the officer. This was happening to me like, this was happening to me every day. That's how I learned how to fish because everybody on the tier would save me something off their plate. So I would Okay, so it. tell everybody what's fishing. Well, fishing is when you take, you take a line, you like, you might have to rip some ends of some sheets to cut and tie it in knots and make it long put a little weight on it and throw it in front of it and try to get it as close to where you needed to go as possible. And then they tie whatever it is they're trying to give you, they tie it on there and you just pull it back into yourself. Right. Right. Yep. Everybody, everybody would save me something off their tray for me so I would have something to eat every night. That's crazy. Wow. Mm. Well,
that just showed you that there were good officers, right? Yeah, I mean, no, I told you that. I told you that in the beginning. You can't put everybody in the same box. Wow. So yeah. how did you how did you get out of this situation? I got to, they, I told you they came in one day and just told me to get dressed. And when after, I went up there, after you did all your writing and talking to your lawyer, and so do you think that your lawyer really helped you out? Like this particular woman, she really did her job. I really do. I, I, I think I, I don't know if it was just that time or what, but I know that once I told her that and I sent to her them letters, I was out of jail within six months. I never really got a chance to speak to her again because she had a she had a kid. and I never got this. I never got in touch with her again to thank her or anything. How long were you in prison? I was in prison for seven years. For seven years. It took you seven years to win your case. Wow. Okay. So you get out. You happy. You go where? Where did you go? I went to Syracuse. What's in Syracuse? Keep, keep, stay close to your um, phone because you f falling back. You went to go. Your mom lived in Syracuse? Yeah. She came back to my family. That's just pretty much where my family is at. How about your dad? Your dad was out there too? Yeah, but I know by the time I came from Jersey, while I was locked up in Jersey, I lost my grandmoms and my pops. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. Did you ever get visits from them or, or calls? My grandmoms came to see me when I my grandmas came to see me. Her and my sister came to see me and I knew it was going to be the last time that I saw her. Oh, man. Did you ever get visits from your parents? Yeah, I mean, yeah, my moms, they came. They didn't come a lot, but... Because it was it, far, right? Yeah, it was, far, it was far and it was like in the state jail in New York, if somebody comes on a visit, if they get there by 8 o'clock, they can stay to 3 o'clock. In New Jersey, it was like the visit started at 1 o'clock, but you had to be there at 8 o'clock in the morning mm. to get a number just to be able to get the visit that's going to start at 1 o'clock. Mm, mm, mm. It's a lot. Yeah, so I didn't even want them to come like that. I didn't even, I didn't even really care about visits. Long as I, I got it, I was getting a chance to talk to them, so I didn't even put that pressure on them. I ain't, I mean, like I told you, I'm a loner anyway. Right. So what got you through seven years? Did you find, when did you, My did daughter. you pray? Did you believe in God? Did you go to church when you was in jail? Cause I know they had the services there. I mean, yeah, they, I, I mean, I tried a little everything. I, I mean, just knowledge. You worked? Is you worked? Yeah, I worked in the, I worked in, I did, I worked in the tailor shop. <laughs> what you earn, 50 cents a day? Right, if that. 35, probably was 35 cents. Mm. Did you get any support uh, as far as commissary and stuff like that? I mean... My peoples looked out for me when they could or whatever. Okay. You know, they I'm know scared. that my peoples know that I'm gonna be alright. Like I'm, I'm, I was good. I, I know how to, I know how to make it work. You was a survivor. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right. So now you out. Now you out. Let's let's get back. Let's, cause you know we could talk all day about this. But so now you out. You back in Syracuse. 
when did you say, hey, I had enough? You ain't getting into no more trouble, right? There ain't no gonna be no part two to this, right? That's when I caught the Fed case. So you got out. Damn. You got out. <laughs> and you got in trouble again? Again. Wow. Oh, my goodness. You should have been sent away on a farm somewhere. <laughs> and the gate locked. So you got out and got in trouble doing what, Dwayne? Drugs again? Yeah. Wow. See? It's it's a revolving door. It's a revolving door. Yeah. You didn't get on you didn't go into no programs or nothing when you got on. See, that's the bad thing. They release everybody. They release you back into society. You go right back to them same neighborhoods, around those same people, and you get caught up again. So you got out. After serving seven years, which was supposed to be 40, and you mean to tell me you went back to the judge and say, hey, I'm back again? Yeah. Don't try to sound sexy now. Talk about, yeah. What <laughs> happened? What happened? I got pulled over and... I pulled over again? Yeah. First of all, why you keep getting in the car? <laughs> I, was, I was legit this time. Okay. Let me hear this story. Let me hear this. They said I had a warrant. And I'm like, I don't got no warrant. I just got released. I don't got half no warrant. But like I told you, they tried to say they lost my paperwork when I was in Jersey. What, what they were doing was trying to hold me as long as they could. They couldn't hold me no more. So they had to let me go. You know what I mean? They had to let me go. So I didn't know they had pressed charges on me until that till that moment right there. So, so they pressed charges on you for what? For fighting the officer when I got into the wow. prison. Wow. Charges once I was out of prison. I was already out when they pressed charges on me. Because like I told you, everything happened within a you six You got months. rearrested. That's what that was. But they were supposed to rearrest you while you right. was in jail. They couldn't, they tried, it was taking too long. I guess they couldn't hold me no longer and they had to let me go. Cause they took me out of the box and put me in PC. Right. Mm -hmm. Once I got, once they, once my, the charges got dropped on me and it said immediate release, they took me out of the box and I stayed in the PC. I stayed in PC for the weekend. So they yeah. rearrested you for assault on staff. Did it show that the officer hit you first? I mean, now, you can't tell me there ain't no cameras in, inside the... No, I'm telling you that at this time it wasn't. You got to remember this is... Okay, like, you know what? You know what? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Because back in the days when I worked Rikers, no, you know there was no cameras. There wasn't no cameras. In certain areas, there were no cameras. Okay. So I feel you. Okay. All right. So there's no cameras. So it's his word against yours. Um, I assume that the inmates didn't get involved and right. They did, but, but you got to remember by this time, I've been home like two years now. What? Yeah, by this time, this is in New Jersey. I'm in New York. So I don't know nothing about this. And I, and I got immediate release, so I didn't have to leave no addresses, no nothing. And I, I hadn't gotten no trouble when I got. crazy. 
that's how I found out. And that gave them probable cause to search my car. Okay. So they, they, they pulled you over. They searched the car. What took place? What happened? Um, I got, I got a, first I got arrested as a fugitive. Then they searched my car. When they searched my car, they found a gun in my car. Oh, the way. Yeah. I ended up, I ended up beating that on like improbable cause. Like he really had no reason to search my car because they had arrested me and put me in the backseat of the car, locked my car up. And then when another officer came and he went back and beat it. But in the state, in the state, in the state, I beat it. But then I got into some beef with some people that was in trouble and they just was like, they charged, they recharged me with that again. Trying to get me to, you know what I mean? Like back in the day, they tried to get me to tell on the weed man. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> and I didn't. So they he wasn't trying to snitch. Right. So they had me do the same thing again. Like I ended up doing the time. So you, ended, you, ended you, went back, you went back to New Jersey State? No, 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 no. When I went to New Jersey, when I went back to that case, I ended up getting like time served for that. Right. They took me through mad. They took me just, they just took me for the ride. I didn't, actually, I didn't take care of that until I was actually in the feds. I took care of everything. Cause one thing about in the feds, they gonna make sure that all warrants and everything is clear before you come home. So at this time, this, all this happened in Syracuse. Yeah, the, all, all the federal stuff and me getting arrested. Anything after New Jersey mostly happened in Syracuse. So you went to federal prison, and how long you stayed? Seven years. What? What is this, Lucky Sevens? I don't know. Blazing Sevens. You did seven years for this for the gun. Mm-hmm. Well, if you kept getting arrested, you was going to add up to 40. Oh, wow. At this time, how old are you? When I came home from New Jersey, I was like 40, about 40, 42, somewhere around there. 42. So you have lost, yeah, like you said, 15 years of your life. Mm-hmm. All right, so now you did your seven years. You got to prove yourself all over again. You, you fought any officers this time? You still, you still clear the closing doors. <laughs> you was good. Yeah, no, the feds in the state is totally different. Yeah, fed, federal prison is a little bit different. Is it because you get a little bit more, it's not so strict? Not to say they're not strict, but it's a little bit more, mm, it's not as bad. In the feds, you're dealing with a more... You're dealing with what? Fraud. You're dealing with fraud. You're dealing with. You're you're dealing with a more. You're dealing with more diverse people. Like I've been around people that have stole millions of dollars. Right. Right. In the state, like in the state, I was mostly around people that was doing the same thing that I did. Just on right. Right. You meet people that were that are in jail for doing things that you didn't even know that it was a thing. (laughs) And you're around a lot of murderers. Oh, well, not really in the feds. In no, the not the feds. Not the feds. I'm talking about the state. Oh, in the state. I told you 85% of the population. What life is. And then you could only be there if you had over 20 years. Right. 
Wow. Wow. Okay. So you did your seven years. You get out. What year did you get out? I think you said what? 20, 2002? Yep. May 3rd of 2002. Okay, so what's going on with Dwayne's life after he gets out? No, you didn't. No, you did a federal. You got released in 2012. You did feds and you got out of 2012. Right. Get closer to your mic because it sounds like you're far away. So then what happened? Because you said you became a business owner. Your your story is like a Dave Chappelle uh, marathon. Like... (laughs) <laughs> so you get out and you said that you did a uh you got a, did a couple of businesses well i'm afraid what 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 did you do what businesses did you do i had a i had a, a female's clothing store okay i did that i tried that but i still was i mean i still was doing other things and mm-hmm I, I mean, I over, I mean, I try to invest everything and things didn't go as planned. I mean, I, that, that folded, but then I was doing, I had a, uh, a mobile, I got a mobile detailing thing. I still do that here a little bit, but I got a mobile detailing. Oh, you clean people cars? Yeah, detail cars. No, I don't just wash cars. I detail cars. It's a difference. Okay. Explain detailing. Detailing. I mean, if you just, if I'm gonna wash your car, I'm just gonna. You gonna go clean inside. all inside too? Yeah, I'm a vacuum. I could do. I might do that, but if I'm, I'm gonna armor all it and all that. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try to get it back look like it was when you first got it. All right. When you don't take the cars for joy rides, right? You don't take the cars and be going places and bring the people cars back, right? No, I'm pulling up on you. I'm wherever you at. If you in Walmart and you want your car detailed and you're gonna be in Walmart for a minute. If I tell you it's going to take me an hour, if you're going to be in Walmart for an hour, I'll pull up at Walmart and do it. Honey, I don't think that you should be in any cars. It seems that's when you've been getting caught. I think you need to get on the bus and the train or a skateboard. I don't think that you should be in a car. No, I'm legit now. I got you my good L's now? I got my L's and everything. Okay. I'm so on CD, I'm on my CDLs and all that. Oh, that's excellent. So you got your life together at what age? When did you say enough is enough? Because it seemed like you had these businesses, but you still was doing a little hustling on the side. Didn't you get tired of going to jail? Didn't you get tired of telling people, people telling you, get up and eat? And you know, I know, get up and eat for child. You got to, they got to do their searches. You don't know when they coming. You got to get up in the, it could be the middle of the day, middle of the afternoon, middle of the night. You're doing searches, right? Yeah. Mail, mail call. I don't remember. Yeah. And then when they come home, it's a lot of stuff. A lot changes seven years, man. Those seven years, each time a lot changed. But this last time, them seven years, the world changed. Right. But you didn't. I mean, yeah, I mean, I did. But I mean, I did. But I mean, weed is legal. <laughs> <laughs> now it's legal and that that just happened a year ago come on not even <laughs> maybe in some states but that just happened with us in new york that didn't that wasn't years we knew it was coming <laughs> <laughs> okay so 
You, uh, what made you get, you said you started helping you, that was your goal to help the youth and help them in what way? In a way to show them how to hustle? In a way to show them what, um, how to get by in jail? In a way to show them how to fight an officer? In a way to show them how to carry a gun? What could you possibly teach the youth today? I could teach them like the value of like, it ain't all about right now. It ain't all about right now, cause if that's and that's the main thing is like you jump in the streets, cause all of that is all about right now. And a lot of us, it's like when I grew up, I had a lot of opportunity, and it ain't the same no more for the for the young kids now. They don't have like when I grew up, we had the different sides of town, our parks and rec. We ran track with the other sides of town. We played bitty basketball with the other sides. They don't do nothing. Now I'm gonna stop you. I'm gonna stop you. Because you had all of that and you didn't use it to the best of your ability. So you sitting here now and you saying, well, we had all this, we had all of that, but you didn't use it. You didn't do nothing. I didn't know what I had. Oh. I didn't know what I had. That's what you I did now. Do you think that had you had a mentor or some type of guidance in your life, your life would have been different? Yeah, because I, and I say that because my life really didn't get bad until my pops wasn't around. Uh, so dads play a important role in young men's lives or daughters' lives. Yes. Dads play an important role, right? Yeah. Pops, I told you, no matter my, I, I wasn't in the streets. I wasn't hustling or none of that. Because like I said, where I'm a hustle at? When I was growing up, people hustled on the on the block, on the corner. I can't stand on the corner because if my pops say that if he see me stand on this corner, he taking care of what he going to do, he going to do it right there. I believed him. And I didn't want to have to be the clown for the rest of my life. So I, cause I, so I, was, I wasn't on the block. Mm, but you didn't have that enough fear to, st to not do it. I mean, you just went around the corner. No, when he was around, I didn't do it at all. I was boxing then. I didn't start, I didn't get into the streets until my pops wasn't around no more. I see. Yeah, I didn't hustle. I didn't so there was nobody else that you, there was no other role model in your life. There's nobody that came around and said, hey, Dwayne, don't do that. Yo, stop doing that. Yo, get yourself together. What you doing, man? There was nobody. Not, not at that time, no. Not even the five percenters. No, I didn't. I mean, once I got out of jail, once I came from up north, I just anything I got after that, I pretty much did it on my own because I like reading. That's nice. So pretty much more after that, I got on my own because, like I said, once you start, it makes you start questioning things. It makes you want to learn more, want to learn more, want to learn more. Like, so how you get that nickname, Psych? Yeah, well, you wasn't in like the, the 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 mental part of the jail, right? You wasn't. No, I know. You wasn't playing mo, was you? You know, I know about that. Nah, to be honest, <laughs> when they was, I didn't even know that my people's was my people's was calling me that. Really? What did it yeah. mean? I mean, I used to stay like I like fighting. You like fighting, and see, you could have used that in the real ring instead of a prison ring.
Mm. Once I once I realized I could fight, I liked fighting because you gotta realize I was always little. <laughs> I was well, always. Well, how tall are you? I'm tall. I'm six three. Oh, what? Yeah, six three. You tall. Uh-huh. Nice height. <laughs> okay, so you out here? What are you doing now, Dwayne? Working, I work for um, I work for the city. That's right. Street repairs, doing that. But then the thing, another thing, like when I when I come back to like what you don't know, I came up. I really I came up here because a friend of mine, he was um, he was into politics. He was on the council. He was a superintendent of Parks and Rec, and he knows that he knew what I was trying to do. So he told me that he would, if I came up here, he would let me run the park. He would let me start a boxing thing and everything. So when I got up here, I mean, he had his, he had his own little issues going on. So that never really happened. And yeah, I got a job. I ended up getting a job and I got a job working for where my pops used to work. Nice. Cause I was going to ask you, how did you get a job? I mean, with your record, uh, it was nothing was sealed. You know, maybe the first, the first one, the uh, first case probably was sealed, but the other two or three. No, my first, you gotta remember, my first case, I was young, so that was a juvenile. Right. My, my second case in New Jersey, my case in New Jersey got dismissed with prejudice, so that's not even really on my record anymore. Right. And then the Fed case, so I really only have two, I've only got two cases and they're all old. Mm. So, so you work with the youth. What, what is it? Is it an organization or? No, nah, I've been doing it on my own, and I've just been having little situations where I meet people and I talk to them about it, and then, like the people, the faces of it. When I talk to them, I speak. I had an incident where I went to meet somebody to talk to them. They ran a youth organization and we had, we vibed, we were vibing and everything. And then he took me to meet a superintendent, that person, a supervisor that he had. And the supervisor was somebody that I knew. And I just knew that I would never hear from him again. And then and sure enough, after that, I started hearing, I started not, my calls started not getting answered. And then when they did call, I was getting different excuses. So I've been pretty much doing stuff on my own. I'm my um my peoples. I call her my agent, Sadia. <laughs> yeah, shout out, shout out to Sadia because she was on my show. She has an excellent, excellent story, and um, she believed in me. Yes, beautiful. So that's your agent. <laughs> that's my brother. That's that's my sister via my brother's wife. <laughs> nice. Wow. That's awesome. I'm glad she introduced me to you, too, because your story is really something. So you just speak to individuals that you see in the street or people that you know and you talk to them. No, she be having me going to like I was going to different little schools and little community centers and different stuff like that. But then COVID came. So like I had a couple people that was trying to help me push it because I was doing it on my own besides with you know what I mean like I told you Saudi is the one believing me so she kept you want to come here I want you to do this I want you to come here with me and go this and how did you meet her how did you get connected with Sadia? yeah 
Wow. Because she kept, Norma made me keep believing in, like, a, a, the voice that I heard that told me to just give justice time to justify itself. Once that, once I heard that, like, a couple months later, that's when the kids got shot on the highway and it was making a big deal out of racial profiling. I would have been doing, I had been staying on the, the legal part of it. I lost all my appeals. When I told the lawyer that, when I was at my worst, came and got me. Justice justified itself and I got released for racial profiling. Do you think that still goes on? What, racial profiling? Mm-hmm. Yes, but it's harder. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it's harder. It's not going to change. It's, it's just like the streets. They gonna, It ain't going to stop. They're going to just figure out a ways around it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it still goes on, but I've had, I've had black cops racial profile. I've had white cops racial profile. So it's not about, it ain't about color. It's about the person. It's about the people. Like, mm-hmm. you, you know that. I know you don't see officers that, I mean, that stay in something and you know why. <laughs> yeah, it's good and bad everywhere. No matter what agency, no matter what job, it's good and bad everywhere. Police saved my life. I didn't know that I couldn't take a shower. I wasn't supposed. If they hadn't came and told me that, and I'd have went and took a shower, who knows? They would have. They might have killed me. Uh, wow. So I can't. I can't hate police. Police say, yeah, police got me in a situation, but police also saved my life. So it's about the person. It ain't about. You know what I mean? Police got you in a situation. Yeah, he put his hands on me. What I, what was I supposed to do? Oh, you talk, oh, I do. I, you talking about the incident with the fighting? Yeah, I'm talking about yeah. I'm talking about okay, all right. So, you found God. So what? What do you? Uh, excuse me. He found you. So tell me about that real quick before we end. Tell me about why? Why did God find you now? I mean, no, he found me then. He found me in Jersey. I just wasn't, I lost sight of him. <laughs> you said he found me in Jersey. <laughs> you was at the store, and the Lord said, you may have said he found you in Jersey. So, <laughs> you was eating the Snickers, and the Lord shined his light on your head and said, son, please stop this nonsense. And come to me. I mean, I think like, I don't know. I, that's the whole thing. I really don't. I know what I like, and I, I know what I want to do. But it's just like I don't, I'm trying to find my purpose. Actually, yeah, you're trying you know to find I, you self love. Because that's like, probably you know, what you didn't have. You know that, right? Especially before I leave, I want to make my mom's like. You know what I mean, I want to make sure she she can hold her head up when she's saying my name, like, and not just. In the streets, like yeah, my son, they know, they know who my son. No, I want her to be able to hold her head up, like. And how's your mom doing? She's okay. Yeah, she's alright. She, 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 she um beat cancer. Oh, beat COVID twice, pneumonia. Like she, she, my mom's a trooper. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, you gotta be there for your moms now, and make that change, and do the right thing, stay on the right path, and. Keep your circle small and you know what's right and wrong. You stay away from it because, you know, we all make mistakes, but 
it's, when you keep making them mistakes, now they're choices. They're no longer mistakes. So, you know. I, mean, I know that. I, I realize that now. Like, and that's why I want to tell the kids, like, I wasted a lot of my time. I lost a lot of my life to learn what I learned now. So if I can put, if I can be in a, in a position to where I can talk to, I can be the person, cause it's easier to talk to somebody that's been through what you've been through than a person that just got a job because they been, they got a degree right. and, stuff, and stuff like that. Like I know how to talk. Like I can talk to them cause I can relate to them. Cause I've been on both sides of the fence. I don't have the good life and I, and I chose it. I chose it. Everything is with choices and I chose what I chose. But I learned a lot from it and I learned why I shouldn't have made the choices that I can. And if I could tell them like and I can tell you why you shouldn't make this choice, because I made this choice and this is what happened to me. It can happen to you, too. That's right. It's a thin line between walking the streets and being in the jail. Nine it's nine. very easy. It's very easy to get in trouble. That's why you got to know who you roll with. You got to know who are your friends. So, so give me, I, I, I think you should write a book. Why don't you talk to Saudi about that? Yeah, I'm going I'm to I'm think about it. I mean, yeah, I'm going to talk to him. I think you this. have a great story. You should look into that. Yeah, try to, but I mean, I got to get it. My, my final chapter have to get better. It got, it's got a little better, like, I don't know. Just, I mean, because we ended, I want to, about my son, like, I got to, I got to do this for him. I got to make sure that he good. Uh, God, God gave me my freedom and I blew it. Now he gave me my son, like, I can't blow that. And, and it's just, like, I don't know, like, I got to, I got to do this for him. And people, people got hurt because he's here. And, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. I want to say sorry, you know. Right. It's my chance to say sorry. Right. I'm sorry. I'm How sorry old is he? He is one. Oh, he's a baby, baby. Yeah. Is that yeah. the that is that him in the picture? Yes. And is that your mom? Yeah, she must have sent you him. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful picture. I actually chose that picture. I liked it because you were smiling, she was smiling, and looked like the baby was smiling. So it was a very happy picture. So you got to be here so that you could teach him and let him know how to do the right thing. And you got to keep God in your life. Do you go to service? Do you go to your... Mm, no, not really, because like I said, I have my... from And in Jersey, I, I have my own relationship with God. Like Okay. I I talk to him and every time, anytime. Read the Bible. Somebody, yes, I read the Bible a couple times. Oh, you sure had enough time to read it. I spent, I spent, <laughs> not only was I in jail, I spent a lot of time in the box too. So. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. But it's nice. I'm glad that you shared this wonderful story with me, and um. You see, I don't have time limits on my show, especially when it's great stories like this. I think everybody should hear this because you um, can be and will be an inspiration to someone that's listening. I don't care if it's one person. That one person can say, hey, enough is enough. 
I want to change my life. I don't want to do this anymore. And um, I hope you stick with it. I hope you um, take the shackles off your feet so you can dance. <laughs> and you know what I'm talking about, boo. I hope you do the right thing because, you know, these you see what's going on. It's These young kids today are the shooters. The 15 and the 14th and the 17 and 18-year-olds, they're the shooters. It's not the adults that's shooting. It's them. And I was them before. That's why I want to yes. talk to them. That's why I want to talk to them because I was them before. I was them before and I want them to know like it ain't worth it because this is what comes with it. Is either this or death? Yeah, they don't. That's the whole thing. Like when I was coming up, jail came with it. You people wasn't really dying like that. The, the, the older I got, yeah, the more people started dying. But now at fifteen, they also you in the, you in the streets and people is really dying. They really dying out here. Dying. Like, they not even making eighteen, baby. They not making eighteen. That's the and, video games. That's growing up sitting in the crib, you giving them video games. They leave them in the crib playing video games, and they killing up everything in the video games. So now they hype about it because it's so realistic. Those video games is like blood, the guts, everything is like, and you getting they getting hyped about it. Like, yo, I want to go out there and, and really do it. And the first, and they come outside, and the first thing they get is a gun. They are they don't care about life. All they if you kill something on the game, we just start it over. They don't they don't they don't really understand that and what comes along with that until it's too late. Do you blame social media? I mean, my pop said something to me. He said social media is making the world smaller every day. Ah, it's so causing it's really a lot of bad. problems. Social media is. Because yeah. you can see like, with the TikTok with this Kia right here, out here some people just got killed with the the Kia boys and all of this. Like they do stuff on TikTok and they make it a TikTok challenge. So now it's not a local challenge; it's a challenge all around the world. <laughs> uh huh. Because yeah. we don't, we have more followers than leaders. You know, yeah. we got people doing silly things and they think it's cute. We need more mentors. We need more people that's been there, done that. And and spreading the positive words, talking about the Bible and, you know, getting yourself together and focusing and your goals. Find out the goal, the things that you like in life and that you love and get into that. If they will put more of these programs back and put scare straight back, maybe a lot of these young youths would go to jail. Bring it back. Scare their asses up. Send them to the prisons. And let them see how it is in that small cell or being in the dorm or getting your booty taken. It happens upstate. It happens. And yeah, you got to do things in order to get things, especially when you don't have no family supporting you. So it's it's not easy being in, in prison. Not at all. You got to fight all the time to let everybody know you're not a punk. Jail is easier than life, though. It's easier than the streets. Why? Because you're getting three meals a day. You're getting all the stuff that you need, your teeth done, your hair done and all that. You cut you and you you begin to like that. But is that's that's where you want to be? No, I'm no, I'm not saying it as if that's where you want to be. I'm just saying, like, 
jail is easy because guys come home and they talk about jailing when you're talking around these little kids and you come home and you joke they're gonna nobody's like you just said ain't nobody coming home and say yo man i was in jail when i went to the bathroom this dude tried me and then they're not coming home and tell you that but they're not trying to they're not telling you that part of the story I know they're not coming home and like, yo, I did this and glorifying it. So now there's no, there's absolutely no fear. Like, there's no fear about jail. Like, even the ones that it was rough for in jail, I've seen them come home and make it seem like they lived good in jail. So now you have these little kids, they with no fear, and now they out here doing all types of stuff. They already coming straight from these video games, and they got guns. Guns is everywhere, and there's nobody, there's no nobody telling them no, nobody showing them no different. Uh-huh. Then you know back when we was growing up, people most people that got money got got away, and you never seen them no more. Uh-huh. And she was in that in their circle. You never they never came back and did nothing. That's why I respect the ATL rappers because I went out to ATL and I seen like them young kids out there. They putting that money back in their hood. They buying houses and stuff in their hood and fixing them up. And you can see like, and I respect that. They got, I mean, because down south, it's a lot of older people down south. Up here, most of our older people is either dead or in jail or on drugs. Mm. Wow. Down south, the old people still around. Because life is easier down there. Up here, life is real. <laughs> yeah, but it's getting bad. It's bad all over. No, it's, it's definitely bad all over. Mm-hmm. So give me, give me an inspirational quote. For all the youths out there, there might be a sister out there listening. There might be a brother out there listening that that's going the same route that you went. What would you say to them right now if they were sitting right in front of you? Oh, man, that's a hard one. I don't know what I would say to them. Well, Wayne, really I get to pick up this gun today, about to go pick up this money, about to drop off these drugs. I'm headed on I-95. I'm going to Virginia. Nah, I mean, okay, I'm going to be one of them. Yo, so what's up? Tell me, yo, D, tell me what you did. How did, how did you do it? You know what I'm saying? What? I want to be like you. I want to be like how you used to be. No, we definitely not doing that. I don't want you to be how I used to be. I want Why you to not? Be Why not? You did it. Well, I can't do it. Yeah, I didn't do it. I tried it. <laughs> I didn't do it. I tried it. <laughs> I didn't do it because if I did, I'd be in a much better situation than I am right now. So I didn't, and I don't want you to make the same mistakes as me. Why would I want you to be? Why would I want you to be the same person that I want? The goal is to make you to be help you do better than me. So what should I do then? All right, I want to change my life. What do you think I should do? So, so what, what? What you like doing? What you know how to do? You well, I play basketball. I mean, you can play basketball, but what else? You gotta. I mean, something else besides that. What I don't know. Mean? I need help. What do you suggest? We can find something. We can whatever. We can find out what you like. You know what I mean? You can go out, go to do whatever, do something you like to do, and find out what it is you like. You ain't got to do that. All right. Yeah. You think I should? You think I should pray? Definitely do that. You can definitely do that. Well, I mean, how do I get God in my life? What do I got to do? Just gotta accept Him. That's all. You just got to accept it and believe. You got to believe that it's there, that he's there. He's in you. He's in you. So he know your heart. Is there anything I need to read? 
Yeah, you can you can read the Bible. You can. Can you the, get me one? Can I get you a Bible? Of course, I can get you a Bible. I'm doing a lot, right, Dwayne? I, I think I'm overacting. And the award goes to. Oh, Dwayne, this has been awesome. It's been a great interview, man. I, I, I really appreciate it. And, um, this is awesome. I definitely got to thank Sadia for this. Um, I wish you so much luck. You sound like a wonderful gentleman. And, um, you just keep doing what you're doing. Um, let me know about this detailing that you do. Um, I got three cars that you could take off, but damn, if I don't, I don't want to catch my car on no I-95, uh, Dwayne now. I want to set you up now. And whoop, whoop, whoop. I don't need all of that in my life. You know? <laughs> I just want my car clean, baby. I don't, I don't want no packages and nothing in it. Oh, no clocks or nines up in there, baby. You, you, you just clean my car. <laughs> Cause it seemed like you was getting caught up in cars. <laughs> I want you to do the right thing, Dwayne, cause I feel like you can. Yeah. You know what I mean? You gotta go through the bumps in the word. They say it get greater later. I know. You don't went through the bumps, the mountains, the holy, th I think you seen the mountain. I think you was up there with Martin. I think you seen it. So I know that you can, you got this. Remember that little choo-choo train? Cause we, we are the same age. You remember that train? I think I can. I think I can. <laughs> I think you, I think you got this. You got this. So you got to stay focused. That's all you got to do. Stay focused and know what you want in life and you keep going. Cause we all going to have our trials and tribulations. Every day our plates are full, but just pick at that plate just a little bit every day and sooner or later, plate might not be fully empty but enough for you to you know put, push it aside for something else to come that's all it's you know because that's what life is we always going to have something to do so i appreciate you coming on my show and like i tell everybody y'all know my speech live laugh love love you first because you can't love anyone or anything unless you love yourself. Stay healthy. Stay focused. Keep God first in your life. And hug and squeeze your family members and your pets because they family too. Just a little bit tighter. I love you, mommy and daddy, forever. All right, I'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you. You're absolutely welcome. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, my name is Dwayne Bryan, and you've been listening to the Listen Up, Listen In podcast with Preezy. I hope you enjoyed my interview, and to all the youths out there, understand this, that whatever choices and paths you take in life, make sure you know as much as you can about it, because we don't get no breaks for what we don't know, and that's a fact. Peace. Oh, thank you.
Hey, yo, Preezy, tell them how to keep in touch, baby. Go to Instagram, listen up, listen in, 5687. And on Facebook, listen up, listen in. You can also email me at listenuplistenin5687 at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, by following me on social media, you'll be able to see all the platforms my podcast is on. Wherever you consume my podcast, hit the subscribe button so you can be notified when a new episode is posted. Rate, review, and share this podcast. Listen up, listen in. Listen up, listen in. Yeah.